Kaim Shmulevit says that every guy hates Eden, Ace of Sinaliakov. There were so many children of of Avram and Yitzchak and, and, and so many uh, Lifas and all these Chavah. But there is one who is our sworn enemy, our biggest enemy ever. Amalek. Everybody knows that. Amalek is the worst. Question is, Amalek was a kid. He grew up, his father was Alifaz, his grandfather was Esav, great uncle was Yaakov. Why did Amalek hate Klal Yisrael? Midar dar, mechelmas Amalek, midar dar. It's, it's an unending to the death battle with Amalek. Why, what happened to this kid that he hates us more than every other guy? And listen to what he says because it really applies to us. So he says that there's a medrash, and the medrash says that there was a woman named Timna. Timna, for whatever reason, wanted to be Megayer and become part of Klal Yisrael, and she was rejected by Avraham Avinu. She went to Yitzchak, and she was rejected by Yitzchak. We don't know why, but she was. She went to Yaakov, she wanted to marry Yaakov, and she was rejected. So she ended up marrying Esau. Says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, the pain of rejection creates the strongest hatred that's humanly possible. As much as Esav signed Yaakov, Amalek is much worse. Why? Because his mother raised him in an environment of hatred that is the greatest hatred, and that hatred that was born out of rejection. We don't know why. Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov didn't murder That's not the point. But the point is, he was raised in a family of the hatred of rejection. Who is now the biggest enemies of Klal Yisrael? Kids who are rejected against the Chazanish's advice, against the Baal Shem Tev's advice, against the 4,000 mamorim and stories that I'm putting together in my collection, against Das Torah. They were rejected against the Torah, in the name of Torah, against the Torah. And they, some of them are dead, some of them, Rahman al-Litzlan, killed themselves, some of them are homeless, but some of them lived, got together, and said, hey, we have to help because they have a Jewish heart. We have to help other people who are rejected. And they created things that are our enemy or out to get us, where a lot of what they do is very good. But the spirit of it comes from the hatred of rejection. We don't have anybody in, in the TP family that is part of those groups. When, the, when the, the show came out on Netflix against really made Yiddishkeit look bad, none of our kids would participate in that. And from our 500 plus families, we should have had a few who want to tell their story. And they have a lot of pain. They have a lot of things to say. But they wouldn't do it. And a lot of them saw it and watched it and did not accept it, even though they had the same experiences and they felt a lot of pain, but they said, no, no, that's too far. It's too much. They didn't relate to it. And a lot of them watched it with their parents and they, they couldn't relate to it because if you don't have hatred, if you don't have rejection, then, then you don't want to see your community being, being uh, shoved under the rug. A lot of our problems come from rejection. Yashka came from rejection, and, and a lot of other people came. The story of the Chavetz Chaim. There's many, many enemies that were born to Klal Yisrael, created out of rejection. And there's a lot of sinna that creates the pain, that creates the sinna. What we have over here is kids who are home. I don't think any of our kids are homeless. Kids who have the TP treatment, especially teenagers, young adults. I want to tell you something which is fascinating and amazing, and the world doesn't understand this or know this yet. I got a call from a family in Eretz Yisrael. 
they have a son who was married with kids, and the son went completely off the derech. Unfortunately, like many, this is happening more and more and more. It's terrible, terrible. It's very, very hard for his wife. It's very, very hard for his children. And the parents are mamish mekarev, this child, ba'avoysais ahava, with the ultimate ropes of love. There's no rejection. There's no please put on a yarmulke in our house. There's no looking at him down. They mamish did it right. And the father told me now, it's a few years later, that his son told him, means not only subconsciously, but consciously. He said, you know why? I don't mind that my wife has my children in, in the regular cheder. You know why? Because you didn't reject me. He said, I have friends, and all they're busy doing is they don't believe, so they don't want their kids to be stuck in this. They hated the system that crushed them. They don't want their kids to be subjected to that. He said, all of my friends are fighting fighting for custody. It's not fair in Israel and in America we have this. Fighting for custody to pull the kids out of Moistus. I got a call from a guy screaming at me in so much pain. You say to to love and accept these children, do you know what my daughter is doing to me? She went off the derech and she's putting her kids in public school and I'm suing her in court. We're in battle, battling her and I'm on the side of my son-in-law to protect the children. And you say to be Makar of them, and I couldn't even say anything. But yeah, because we've had the story here in the group more than once, where we did the Kirov, and they let their children be in the, from school in an amazing way. All these problems are coming from not following the Baal Shem Tev and the Chazanish, and from some people adding in treif, into the medicine. The medicine is pure. Lehoiv oisam biyoise. Love them extra. Love them more. Satma Rebbe said, what does it mean? It means if every kid you give $100, this kid you give $200. Love them more. They should feel more love from you. But we're humans. We're influenced from the Goyim. The Goyim say you have to have boundaries and you have to have rules and they have to respect you and they have to dress up and your house is very this and that. And they create with that pain of rejection even if they do it. There's a pain. So this father from Israel told me he's making a chasana. And he told his son, he said, let's go buy a suit. The whole family is super, super chasidish. Rebisha Einikluch, this is a Rebisha family. And they wear the strimal and everything. And normally it would be very embarrassing. A lot of parents say, do me a favor, wear a, wear a dress up like Purim. Wear a Bekisha, come with a hat. We even had a story of a family that convinced their child to come to a simcha to put on. They went to a shetel macher, a wig maker, and they got payas, that he should have payas, fake payas. How ridiculous! And they think, and and he, they got him to to you know to agree to it. How ridiculous! I told him, "You're doing great." He said when he told his son, "Let's go get you a custom suit," and he doesn't have money for this. The son, he said, "You should have seen his face. He's going to come to the wedding, and he's going to be embraced. He's not going to be an enemy." So the father told me, "I'm not saving just my son. I'm not saving just my shalom bias that we're not fighting. I'm not just saving my." atmosphere at home that we have peace and tranquility and that he's not trying to pull his siblings off goes more than that I'm saving my enikluch I'm saving my grandchildren because they're gonna, he's allowing them and he told us you know why I do it because you didn't reject me 
Isn't that unbelievable? The power of parents. I told him, I want to tell you to go one step further. And this is very extreme. The world is not understanding this pure medicine. And again, our goal is not that they should be accepted so they should be accepted. We want them to be mentally healthy. When you give real acceptance, we, Bli and Hara, don't have any suicides. Which psych ward, which kid, which group of so many sick kids don't, don't, that's enough, Dayenu. We don't have kids going in and out of psych wards. It's maybe 1%, maybe 1%, maybe 2%, not more than that. We're really doing the right thing for their mental health. And if you're ever dreaming that you want to see them from, this is the way. So it's all in the same, in the same kivun. Pure acceptance. I'm not embarrassed of you. I'm not ashamed of you. I told him, you're going to be there in Israel, Rebisha family from both sides, big rabbis, and your son's going to come for the pictures, and you're going to be there holding him, and you're going to dance in the middle, and yes, everybody's going to look at you, and they're going to whisper, why is this guy dancing with the waiter? Right? With the, with the ponytail, right? And everybody's going to, and then everybody's going to start going, oh, it's a son, it's a son. And then, not everybody, but 95% of people are going to say, wow, Azoi Dafmentin, this is the way to do it. Wow. No more rejection. Kalal Yisrael is so sick of rejection. So sick of this war. If you're not like me, you can't be in my house. Just show me where, where, where does it say that? Where does it say that? You, if you're not, no. If you're not like me, I got a lot of work to do. I want to be Makar of you, that you should want to be like me. It's like they go to school for 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years. They know everything we know. And if that doesn't work, and it's like bent, so now with force, we're going to pressure them. In my house, you have to wear a skirt. In my house, you have to come to the Shabbos table dressed. Who said, Lehoiv Oysam B'yayser? It works so well. Yinasu Lumashcham, said the Chazanish, try to pull them in with cords of love. And then he added three words. God forbid he wrote Khalila. Don't reject them. No, I didn't reject them. She's okay with it. He's okay. You are rejecting their being them. So I told him, if you want extra credit, you go over to your son. And when he comes to the chasen in a suit with a yarmulke, first of all, you write him a letter beforehand. This is our family simcha. Our family is not complete without you. We love you and we're proud of you. And if anybody makes you feel uncomfortable, we will throw them out. And if you know in advance someone's going to make trouble, you say, listen, either you come and you compliment and you're nice, or please don't, please don't come to the simcha. Everybody else's life will be fine. But this is the patient. This is our concern. This is the most important thing. The only person you don't say it to is the chasen kala. We need them. Okay. But everybody else, you could stay home. Don't embarrass my kid. Don't be mavayish barabam, alav in the Torah. Fine. I said, but then he's going to come in with a little cute little yarmulke, right? He doesn't wear a yarmulke in the street. He says he's an atheist, Rahman al-Islam. Fine. You go over to him, you say, Shefal is sweetie. Put your hands on his, because a great NKN. You put your hands on his head. You look in his eyes. You say, you are so sweet. Thank you. Uh, thanks a lot. What did I... You are so sweet. I love you so much. Wow, what did I do? That's a, you know, what did you do? First of all, I gotta give you a hug. You give a big hug, TP hug, embrace, don't let go first, don't pat, don't mush, just hold. Okay? Then, 
after a few hours of that, when they finally let go, they have to let go first, you put your hands on your child's face and you say, you put on this little, this yarmulke out of respect for us. Wow. That is so, you are so respectful. You have such good middos. You're so amazing. It's okay, you can walk right in front, it's not going to notice you. You're amazing. You're, you're the child of my dreams. Yes, he's different, but he's willing to bend over backwards for you. You acknowledge it. You make him feel like a million bucks. I'm so proud of you. Because from his perspective, that is a big thing. He doesn't want to wear this. And he's doing it because you let him wear the suit and you made him feel comfortable. He's going to tzushtel. He's going to conform to you. You want double extra credit? Very, very gutsy. You tell him, you're so sweet, the same thing. But you don't need to do it. Take it off. You don't need to dress up for me. You don't need to dress. I love the real you. Think about it. If the whole medicine is acceptance and love, think about how much deeper that connection is. And people lose that over the fact that they're wearing a yarmulke temporarily, which doesn't make them from. It doesn't make they're not comfortable. They don't, they're always trying to. You know, it always falls off and. They always take it off and put it in their pocket or whatever. And just look them in the eye and say, so sweet of you, eh? but you don't need to do that. They, wouldn't take it off also. they don't take it off. They don't take Now, what happens is, first of all, you should just know, we've done this many times. You gain bazet ubaba. It makes it non-painful for them and they have respect and by giving them more, they end up saying, no, it's okay, Tati, it's okay, Mommy, I want to wear it. We never lose with this, and if they take it off, you'll gain in the, in, in the long in the long run. But your NKN, it's real. It's real. You don't need to dress up for me. A kid who goes outside, she wears a mini 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 skirt, micro mini skirt, right? The skirt that they sell in the belt section, which is ninety uh, percent off. And when she comes home, Tati will give her a big hug if she wears a long skirt. You're not hugging her. You're hugging. The her that you wish that she was. It's a whole different layer. And if the medicine is connection and acceptance and real love, the world doesn't understand that. They're like, you can have standards. They can, even if you go to a Gaisha restaurant, they have rules. That's right. You know why? Because the person has a choice. They can go to the restaurant and accept the rules or not. Or not go to the restaurant. But your child doesn't have a choice. You are the gatekeeper. This is their only home. You are their only parents. And I'm not saying it because I want them to get worse. I'm saying it because they constantly get better. Where? First of all, emotionally. No question about it. They get healthier. And even spiritually. It takes away. We're not demons. We're not jihad. We had a kid that told his father, what's next? You're going to tell me if I don't conform to you, you're going to blow me up? You're going to blow up the infidel? Don't use power and control. Nobody comes closer to what you want them to believe in because of power and control. And it's not just this. Imagine that you're vegetarians. Your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents invented vegetarianism. Your whole family vegetarians. To you, the idea of killing a cow to eat a good hamburger or a steak is disgusting. And you raise your kids and every, and you have a hundred cousins and everybody's a vegetarian. And you got stuck somehow with this kid and he just wants a burger. He just loves cheeseburgers. Right? He just, he, he's, he doesn't, he didn't sign in. 
Now, usually there's pain. It means someone hit him over the head with a piece of celery. And that's why he's this. There's a reason for it. He's not a rebel, as we know. Our kids look rebellious, but they're not rebels, right? But okay, put that aside. The kid says, I'm out. I'm out. I want to be like 99.9% of the world. I want a burger. And the parents say, well, we're not giving you money. We're not going to enable this behavior. We don't believe in it. It's disgusting to us. No money for you. Okay. And you're not going to bring the burger in our house. Because this is disgusting, not in our house. You have to have respect for us. You have to have respect for this house that was built on the rules. This is disgusting to us. You're not bringing it in this house. Now, everybody's thinking the same way. This kid is never going to re-embrace meat, uh, vegetarianism. Because you made it into a trauma. You told him that your whole relationship is based on that he accepts your values. If not, we're done. He's like, but I just want to be like 99.9% of the world. Too bad. Right? There's 99.9% of the world are not Jewish. It's the same, I don't say Mishagas. We're not going to convince them. They're saying, look, I just want to be a regular guy. No, you're not good enough. You have to dress up in order for us to shine our love. That means, first of all, that our love is contingent upon this behavior. I'm not a big unconditional love guy for the, the same reason as the Goyim. But I'm just saying is, you're making it harder for them to re-embrace us because they say, I have so much pain now, sometimes for years, because of these rules that these crazy people embraced. And now because you decided to become from or you decided to live from, I have to suffer? Like Hitler? What am I, Hitler? I ever hurt anybody? And these kids usually are very kind, and very sensitive. They're not trying to hurt anybody. They didn't kill anybody. They're not mass murderers. And because I, because you subscribe and I don't subscribe, so that I lose my family, I lose my home, or I, or you let me come here and everybody gives me that look, you think that's going to make them want to be like us? It's crazy. You know where it comes from? Pain. Yes, it's painful. Don't walk in front, go that way. It's painful. I understand it's painful, but don't let your pain push your child further away. Reb Gershon Edelstein said, when you treat your child who is not the way you want him to be, with kavod and yedidus. You know what that means? Respect, honor, and friendship. You have a guy who's not from, and he comes to your house for a business meeting, right? And and you say, Kai, Joey, come. You're not going to say, why are you wearing shorts? How can you come dressed like this? You're not appropriate. You have to give him respect of a human being. This is his choice. Right now, we hope it's temporary, but it's a human being, I'm going to give you honor. We're going to give you respect. And that's what the tzaddikim always did. When they saw people, like the story of the Sered Vishnu Tzerebbe, Zatzal, that this guy was lahachis, he was angry. And he came to the Tish, right? But he came in a motorcycle on Shabbos. And then they, they got him to go speak to the Rebbe. And he said, I'm embarrassed the way I came. He was dressed like a motorcycle helmet and jeans or whatever. <laughs> and uh, not Shabbos dick. Right, not dressed properly, not showing proper authority and uh, to uh, honor to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe said, "My son, come how you are, as you are." He said he hugged me with those words, "Vendevils and Vendevils, come whenever you want, however you are." He said, and that's when I remained. And he became a chassid. If he would have said to him, "This is the way you come." Don't you know where you were coming? Chutzpah? You're looking for attention? 
you're manipulating, you're, you're, you're looking for negative attack. All of that, what are you trying to do? All of that stuff, small-minded people, that's what they do. The crowd says, what are you doing? What are you coming in here? Get out of here. You can't come like this. The tzaddikim didn't say that. You come, just come. Be one of us. Come, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. Honor of a human being, respect of a human being. But he says, yedidus, this friendship. Rabbi Gershon Edelstein is not a modern view. He's the Roshiva of Panavish, Mayatzis Gedele Atayra, one of the only remaining, or maybe the only remaining, link to the Chazanish, the Talmud of the Chazanish, the most right-wing you could be, and he's telling you, Kavod and Yedidus. He says, when you do that, you give your child the emotional energy that it takes to make a change. To change your lifestyle in any way takes a lot of emotional energy. To keep a New Year's resolution, to change on Yom Kippur, to change. Takes emotional energy. And these kids who feel rejection and homeless, like you said, she feels more I, she feels more at home with the homeless people than she does with, the, with, with our people. Now, because she could have been homeless. And they feel emotionally homeless. And what we do is worse than blow up the infidels. If you blow her up for not listening to you, you blow him up, they would be so happy. Kill me and I'm dead. But worse, we kill your parents. We kill that you feel that you don't have parents in your life who embrace you and who love you and who see the goodness inside of you. They walk around like emotional orphans. These kids who are not TP embraced, they feel emotionally like, I have no mommy, I have no daddy. That's the worst feeling in the world. And then they think, what is this in the name of? And then they hate whatever it is that's driving you to make you look down at me. And it's wrong. We have no right to look down at people. Our, our Torah says, have I done as kala adam lakaf schus. That means we have to be malamid schus on him. You see a kid, they say the old Belzareba, when he saw somebody driving, a Jew driving on Shabbos, he said, oh, he must be going to the hospital. He didn't want to imagine that a Jew was being Mechal Shabbos. He always tried to be Malamit Tzchus. And it says that Mashiach, we put it out recently from the Baal Shem Tov, Mashiach is going to be Malamit Tzchus on every Jew. On every Jew. Saying that they are right for their behavior. They're right. Because if you understand that somebody was... I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. A friend of mine who's a kip who was terrorized on Shabbos, molested, raped several times on Shabbos. He, Shabbos makes him want to die. So he he came to a suda, and he got triggered, and he ran out, and he took a cigarette, so he went into his car, he was planning on staying, and he was driving on Shabbos. So you see him driving on Shabbat, like as if he's a regular stable person who is anti-God. No, he's suffering, and he, he, he could hurt himself, he tried to kill himself many times. So if you would see him driving, smoking on Shabbos, you would think he's a bad person, a bad Jew. He's just trying to survive. You know what he told me afterwards? He said, here I am driving on Ocean Parkway on Shabbos with a cigarette, many cigarettes, trying to calm myself down not to die. And I took medication for panic attacks and everything. He's just trying to air out. But what am I going to listen to? It's Shabbos. I don't want to listen to Gaisha music. He listened to Shiurei Taira. Three hours. You still want to kill him? You still sure you got the right guy? You still, you still, you have the gun? You want to kill If you would see deep inside of all of their pain that's causing them to misbehave, and you would understand everything that they've been through since they're born, you would say they're right. That's our chiyuv. That's our chiyuv. If we don't do that, 
we are over We cause them to stumble, as Reb Gershon says, and as the Peliyayit says over two hundred years ago, we cause them to do more sin. And emotionally, wow! Somebody went over to a kip at a simcha and gave him good advice. You know, how could you come dressed like this? What are you doing? Whatever. He went out and he stuck a needle in his arm. He almost killed himself. He started heroin again. He was trying to get clean. Now he's back on drugs. It's so painful for them. This whole thing is not about intellect. It's all about pain. A Jew who's not in pain doesn't do these things. So when you see somebody come to a wedding, a simcha, dressed not appropriately, you see somebody cursing God, you see somebody acting out crazy, you have to understand this person is in pain. And the only thing you can do to save them looking as a from religious person, is to show them that we're not all bad. And how do you do that? You embrace him. And you don't criticize him. And you just show them, I don't judge you. I don't judge you. I, I love saying this Gemara. Rabbi Shimon Ba'echai was walking and he sees a man cursing God. Rabbi Shimon Ba'echai, Rajbi. Rabbi Shimon Ba'echai, you know who he was? Lagbaimer, that guy. The one who was in the cave? Yeah. Uh, greatest of the great. And he hears a, a Jew cursing God. Cursing God. I've heard it. One of the first Home Sweet Home Boys was in my dining room and he started cursing God. And I'm thinking, I had no training. I'm 30 years old. I'm like, what do I do with this? The Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave me Siyat HaDashmai how to handle it. But it's very tough. So Shem Baichai tells him, why are you cursing God for all of your tsaris, all of your pain? Why don't you pray to him that he should take away your pain? Not bad. He didn't tell him you're a disgusting person, you're a horrible Jew. How could you talk like that? I'm going to stone you, I'm going to burn you. He gave him good advice. You're cursing God, I, I would say. That means you believe in God. So you believe in God. Why are you so angry at him? Why don't you just pray to him? You believe that he caused you pain. This goes very well with what I told that kid. I'm putting it all together now. I was hearing him curse God in my dining room. I don't know what to say. Now, if I tell you his story, you'll hear why he cursed God. He was tortured. This kid was tortured since he's eight years old. And then he was homeless and he was rejected. I mean, so much pain. If we put a, a, a in our vein 30 seconds, we would be cursing God because that's what you do when you... How could you judge anybody in so much pain? Like the Devriyayal said in so many tzaddikim, they said after the Holocaust, the survivors... They could do what they want. We don't judge them. They're going straight to Gan Eden. These kids who were molested and raped and rejected and thrown out and homeless and suicidal, they're going to be judged? Are you kidding me? But what I told him was, I said, wow. He looks at me like, wow. I said, I don't think since Avram Avinu there was any Jew that had so much emuna like you do. You really believe in God? And you, it's okay, it's good background music. And you really believe in Ashkach Pratis. You believe that Hashem exists and He pulled the trigger to ruin your life. Wow! You have so much real emuna. And He looked at me and He froze. He looked at me and He goes, I never looked at it that way. It wasn't six months later. This kid was completely Shemitari Mitzvah sent from. Got married Kedas Moshev Yisrael. If I would have told him, how could you talk like that? How could you talk like that? What's the matter with you? What did that? It's the exact opposite of covet and yedidus and, and, and respecting somebody is in pain and somebody... So Shimon Ba'echai tells him, you believe in God, you're cursing God, why don't you pray to him? 
So the guy tells him, you're right. I pray to God that you should have all my pain. Surrender. Huh? Surrender. Surrender. And I pray to God, you, Rav Shimon should have all the pain that I have. Rav Shimon said, surrender. You're right. You're right. When someone's in pain, don't give him your advice. Use your brilliant wisdom for your, fixing your own life. Someone's in pain. Someone, imagine someone's on fire. And you could see they're literally on fire and you can't help them. And they're cursing God. And you say, why are you cursing God? Why don't you pray to God? Shut up. Like It's good advice, by the way. But you don't say that when someone's in pain. You put your arm around them. You get them out of pain a little bit. You give them, like it says, from the belt, from, from the Baba Rebbe, from the Lubavitch Rebbe, from every Rebbe and from every Litvak. You start Begashmias. Be there for him. Help him. Help him out. And then when you're their best friend, that already is a help. And then you could say, you know, I was thinking about it. There's a way to approach it. But all of these, like, these lines, these throwaway lines, that's like what Rav Shem was doing. Like, a, hey, you're in pain, why don't you... Be? And I'm not knocking it, but, but the Gemara knocks it. Rav Shem said, he's right. Biggest man in Klaistro acknowledges, I was wrong. That's what you parents do when you go to your kid and you go back to your behavior before you were trained, before you had this understanding, and you go back to your kids and you say, I was wrong. I was wrong. I didn't know how to deal with it. I got bad advice or whatever. It doesn't matter because they don't want to hear that. Yeah, and if they, they told you to cut my arm off, you would have cut my arm off. They don't want to hear that. I was wrong. I never should have abandoned you. I never should have turned on you. I'm with you forever and ever, no matter what. There's nothing you can do that's going to make me stop loving you. I'm always your father and mother. And you know where that comes from? The Tyra. The Tyra. Today is the yard site of the Basayan. The Avritcha. And the Siva Shalom says from the Avritcha, and actually the Krula Rebbe, who you should all go to, I'm sure you, most of you have gone, called me today to, to remind me to tell the group. Big Schuss to say something in the name of a tzaddik who was nifter. He says, what does the Pasuk say? Ani Hashem, in itam, tumasam. I am God, I dwell with you in your tumah, in your spiritual impurity. It's one Pasuk. It's two messages. He says the same way that if you don't believe Ani Hashem, if you don't believe I am God, you are an apikiris, you don't believe in God, so too if you don't believe that God dwells with you and your children in their Tumah, you're the same heretic that you don't believe the Pasuk. God says, and He wants us to know, I am with you forever. And we love that. I get chills. Because if He, if he said, I'm with you only if you're good, we're cooked. He wanted it to be unconditional. Because he knew that that's the only way to, for us to ever get through this life. We're not tzaddikim. And everybody knows, we all know that we're not tzaddikim. I looked around in shul on Yom Kippur and I saw I wasn't the only guy going like this, you know? Everyone's saying the alchets, 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 bagano, a lot of stuff. Right? I had a checklist. I didn't get all of them. I tried to get a hundred, but I didn't manage to do all of them this year. I didn't have enough time. But I did pretty well. I'm like, yeah, I got this one, this one. You know, the guy next to me, he was crying so bitterly, I started to feel jealous of the stuff he did this year. <laughs> you know, 
everybody says Achet, and everybody says, Hashem, don't abandon me, even though I am undeserving. That's our bloodline. That's what keeps us connected to God no matter what. Says the Avritcha, the Heilig that if you don't believe Ani Hashem fully, you're an Apikairis, you're a heretic. If you don't believe the next part, you're the same Apikairis. And if, do you believe it? Do you believe it 100%? It's hard. Do you believe it 80%? The Siva Shalom says, from previous, I think from Lechevich or some other one of the earlier tzaddikim, if a Jew does Avera HaChamura B'Yoyser, okay, extra super duper horrible Avera, I'll, I'll let you think of, no, don't, don't. Don't think of what it is. Just an extra super duper Avera. And right when you're done, you're not ready to pray to Hashem, and you're not ready to dive into Hashem right after, he says you haven't tread over the threshold of understanding Judaism. You think God only wants you when you're holy. God always wants to hear from you. This is authentic Yiddishkeit that we don't know and we don't give over to our children. And a lot of people are scared to tell our children. Someone told me, oh, I don't want my kid to know this because then why would he be good? Hello, your kid is going to do a sin at some point. And if he doesn't know this, he's going to say, oh, God doesn't want my tefillah. God doesn't want to hear from me now. So first of all, we're not embarrassed to teach our children Tairas Emes. We can handle it. It's Tairas Emes, we teach it. And second of all, maybe if your kid will never sin, maybe he should know it. But if your kid's going to sin and he's going to think God abandoned me and he's done with me, he's dead. All Everything's going to be watered down. He's going to daven like, oh, I don't really want to daven. He says, no, we have to know the sin we will do tshuva for. Or we won't. But Hashem wants to hear from every single Jew. And that's the schus of the Basayin. That we have to know, the Zelba, the same way when I'm, when I am in heaven, right? The same way when I am in the highest level that I am ever, that I feel so good and I want to have to Hashem, He wants to hear me. There's a Pasuk that I forgot. But there's a pasuk that goes along with that that the Nesiv Shalom brings down. Ki ki era b'shamayim gam ata. I don't remember it now. What? Ki esek shamayim sham ata. When I'm in the heavens, you are there. He says spiritually. When I'm sim kipper, it's called nidre. I I did shuva. I have a shabbos sham ata. You are there, Hashem. But when I reach the shaol, the how do you say that in English? The death. Depths of purgatory and despair and the lowest levels, Hineka Hashem is there also. And there's so many lessons in this beautiful Nesiva Shalom, Chelik Beis, Chanukah, Purim, that's a separate country. Oh, for $4, $5, you can enrich your lives. Feel like a salesman. Okay? But it's the same message over and over and over again. And over again, what was the miracle of Chanukah? The miracle of Chanukah was not, was not the war. It wasn't that we won the war. The miracle of Hanukkah was that Hashem didn't give up on us. We weren't deserving. The miracle of Purim was not that we weren't killed. The miracle of Purim was that we sunk to the lowest level and Hashem even then said, I'm not letting Haman kill you. 
even though it was Nechtav and Nechtav and Tavas HaMelech. The, the miracles that we live in, the miracle of Mitzrayim, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, was not, says the Nesiv Shalom, beautiful, it's just coming to me now, on Shvi Shal Pesach. Beautiful. What's, what do we say, Shvi Shal Pesach? Yitzhiyas, whoa, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in the movie, okay, if you make a movie, ten makas. Nature is, is flying out the window. Thing, crazy stuff is happening. Finally, with Kriyas Yamsov, the walls, water goes up, we're walking through magnificent story. Says in the Siva Shalom, that's not what's amazing. That's not what's so incredible. Hashem plays with the Teva. That's what's incredible? No. You know what's incredible about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? It's that we were on the Memtesh Shari Tumah. Who did he do it for? We were, we were bowing to idols and that's who he did it for. That's the miracle. It says the miracle of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Hanukkah and Purim and every Yontif is that we were saved when we were unworthy. Why? To teach us that when we are unworthy, Hashem will still be willing to turn over the world for us because the love that He has for us is unbreakable, unshakable, unconditional. And that's what we have to teach our children. Nothing we can do can break it. There's no Avera that you can do that's not going to break it. Manasseh was the worst king in the world. Manasseh did terrible things. He killed his grandfather, right? Yeshaya, was it Yeshaya? Kill your own grandfather, a navi, a prophet. He murdered people. The worst guy in the world. The Midas Adin said, no taking back his words. He reaches out to Hashem. He davens to Hashem. And the Medrash says that Hashem realized he built a world with Midas Adin. And according to the nature of judgment, Menashe could not be helped. So he, whatever this means, he cut a hole under his kisei covered. He got one of these, stuck his hand down and pulled Menashe up. Because he didn't want to see him suffer. Even Menashe made it. Even Acher made it. It says Acher didn't make it because a baskel came out from Shemayim. Everyone, shuvu banim shayvavim chutz Acher. And Acher, the Rebbe of Remeir, who's called Acher, we don't even say his name, bad, bad guy, he heard the baskel, See, Rishon used to hear Baskals also. That was, now even Tzadikim, we don't really hear Baskal. Right? But we hear, here he heard the Baskal, and he heard everybody come back besides for Acher, so he didn't go back. It says in the Siva Shalom, he sinned so much that one of the obstacles that he needed to overcome as part of his tshuva, for it to be real, was to hear that he's not wanted. But of course, if he still would have done tshuva, he would have been accepted. So, Kavid, Yedidus, love, I don't care what you do. You could be an axe murderer. I will always love you and stay by your side. Maybe not an axe murderer. Actually, if they're an axe murderer, you really want to be nice to them. Right? A long time ago, there was a, a family that had a showroom called me. I don't know why I actually went down to look at a house. The kid broke all the glass, 14-year-old kid, broke all the glass, smashed all the glass in the, in the house and ripped his picture out of every photo. And his father had a small axe to kill, to, to, whatever, the bushes, to axe the bushes. What do you, you don't axe bushes. What do you do? You cut them, you trim them, no, you prune. I don't know. Anyway, he had an, a small axe in a box. And the kid stole the axe. Right? You know the golden rule? Everybody thinks he who has the gold makes the rules. The golden rule is he who has the axe makes the rules. So if you ask me, so I told the parents, well, that is an uh, incentive to be nice to him. <laughs> Something's bothering him, I think you better be nice to him because 
He has the axe. Anyway, so if he's an axe murderer, you should be nice to him. That kid, by the way, Agav, most horrible Ben Saira, Umaira, rotten, crazy, violent kid, moved into home sweet home two years later. I never had a minute of problem. Ziskai, sweet kid, sweet. If you know how to handle, if you know how to handle him, puppy. He moved out one year. He went back home. He lived there for five, six years. He's from, he's in Shaduchim, and I never had a minute of a problem with him. He, he was just misunderstood, and when you misunderstand people, you hurt them. A lot of parents out there, by the way, who are not TP trained, they think they're helping their kid. Yeah, I listen to your videos, and they're saying things, and I'm like, no, that's hurtful, that's painful. You gotta be so careful. So, Kavad Vididus is our Mahalach. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. You're struggling, I know, it's really tough. I'm your friend. And that's the only chance that you ever have that they'll actually ask you for your advice. And we'll talk about how to offer advice because that's very tough also. And Hashem should help that we should get all of our kids back to be alive, home, functional, happy, and from. We have a lot of dreams, a lot of dreams for our kids. But we got to do all the work. It's all on us because as soon as we blow it, I got a call today from a therapist. One of the parents who's not here, who says they follow you, right, on, on WhatsApp, and I beg parents, don't do that. You need guidance, real guidance. Story within a story. When I was in Mezhbish, so I met with the English people who are not under my guidance, but they said, oh, we're following you on YouTube. I said, you're dealing with a pikuach nefesh, dangerous situation, following some guy on YouTube? So can you imagine if a kid needs brain surgery? So you say, no problem, I'll do it, and uh, because I'm following a guy on YouTube. You know, now open the brain, okay, you're going to follow, so that's for backup, that's for chizuk, that's for general ideas, but you need guidance in dealing with, with a pikuach nefesh situation. Back to the other story, what was I saying? We all forgot? Story within a story, what? Yeah, what was I before the story? About, about, the, oh, this therapist that called me, thanks for keeping track. <laughs> Worthless, worthless crowd. Yeah, you were stuck in the accident. So the therapist calls me up and goes, and the mother totally lost it on the kid, threw the kid out of the house, called him a guy. You know, like, like, you parents are human. Human beings make mistakes when they're in pain. Right? And every parent says, that's right. That's why I made mistakes, because I was in pain. Your kid too. If you as an adult, stable person, can make mistakes because of pain, Imagine a, a brain that is still forming and that went through a lot of trauma and pain. They also make mistakes because of pain. And our job is to tell them, it's okay. We all make mistakes. I love you the way you are. Don't dress up for me. Don't dress up for me. Come on, imagine your husband tells you, I like you, but I want to see you in a blonde shade. Though. Then I'm going to like you. It's over. It's done. Well, I don't know. What do you think? That's for Wednesday nights, Shalom Bayez group. I don't get into Shalom Bayez things. Nobody wants to be loved if I dress up for you. I came out of the closet. I told you, I'm not religious. Yeah, but when you come home, please wear a yarmulke. It means so much to me. And I'm, I, I have another question. Why does it mean so much to you? You know your kid is eating treif and doesn't wear a yarmulke. So what are you actually thinking when you look around? Oh, it's like you make believe you're psychotic. You make, oh, you see, Chaim, oh, and Chaim's here with a yarmulke. He's not from... He's not Shemesh Shabbos. Oh, Chani's here. Oh, look how, look how pretty you look. Tznius. You know she's ripping off that dress as soon as she walks out. You don't know the, it's not a real relationship. If it's not real, how's the medicine 
of Lehav Oysam B'yais are going to work. They don't feel liked and loved unless you can embrace. The re- so you got to take away those layers of of false things and people don't understand. They misunderstand. They say, what do you mean? Your house can't have rules? Your house... All of that is for normal people. Somebody's drowning. There's no rules. Connection. Nobody found another way to save kids other than connection. Nobody. So they, they take 80%. They take 90%. Why? 100%. Be, be stupid and simple and just say, if what's going to save my child... And Reb Gershon says, Zuhi hatrufa yichida, the only medicine. You never say, you never hear that. This is the only way. This is the only way. So take whatever, and this is the job of parents. Say, what else is in my brain? You can't enable, throw it out. Uh, he's a manipulator, throw it out. First of all, we're going to change all that. But just do the authentic Torah message of the Baal Shem Tev and the Chazanish, and Hashem will be with you. You have Siyat HaDashmaya, Emunas Chachamim, all the other stuff just totally, totally wrecks it. You can't enable, became something that we all believe, which comes from the therapy world, and they say you can't enable because it makes them worse. We have proven the opposite.